The first scripture is from 1 Samuel, chapter 4. The translations today are from Wilda Gaffney. The Philistines deployed against Israel, and the battle was lost, and Israel was struck down by the Philistines, and they killed on the field of battle 4,000 men. Now it happened as the Ark of the Covenant of the Fire of Sinai came into the camp. All Israel shouted a great shout, and the earth herself echoed it. And when the Philistines heard the sound of the great shout, they said, What is this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? Then they learned that the Ark of the Covenant of Days had come into the camp, and the Philistines were afraid. For they said, Gods have come into the camp. Woe to us! Who can deliver us from the heart of these, from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who smoke the Egyptians with every kind of plague in the wilderness. Strengthen yourselves and be men, O Philistines, lest you become enslaved to the Hebrews as they were enslaved to us. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated and fled, each to their own tent. Now there was a very great slaughter, and there fell from Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. Then the ark of God was taken and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. Now Eli's daughter-in-law, the wife of Phinehas, was pregnant, about to give birth when she heard the news that the ark of God was taken and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead. She squatted and gave birth, for her labor pains came on and overwhelmed her. Then at the moment of her death, the women standing with her said to her, Fear not, for you have given birth to a son. But she did not answer or incline her heart. She named the child I Kavod, meaning woe, the glory has departed from Israel. Because the ark of God had been captured and because of her father-in-law and her husband. She said, the glory has departed from Israel for the ark of God has been taken.
John 14, 25 to 31. These things have I said to you while I am still with you, that the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Most High will send mine in my name, she will teach you all things, and she will remind you all of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, nor let them fear. You have heard me say to you all, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Creator, because the Almighty is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so when it happens, you might all believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and has nothing in me. Rather, that the world may know that I love the creator of all, just as the sovereign God commands me, so I do. Rise now. Leave us this peace. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God with us. Thanks be to God. A woman stands in the middle of the carnage of war. Bodies. Too many deaths of her people. Labor pains overwhelm her, the text tells us, and she squats as women and femmes and birthing ones have done for millennia and gives birth. Oh, good news, the people around her say. You have given birth to a son. Don't be distressed. And she says, this child's name is Woe. God has departed. Woe. God has departed. Woe. God has departed. She is not consoled because she has borne witness to what is inconsolable. And she chooses to tell the truth. Well, y'all know that I, uh, along with, it turns out, many others of us from Seattle Mennonite Church and our youth were just in Kansas City with a whole bunch of other Mennonites from all around the country. We call it Menocon, Menocon 23. And in anticipation of me preaching this Sunday and not having written a sermon before I left for Kansas City, I went in listening for the women who might be crying, Whoa, in the midst of carnage. 
women who might be telling the truth of the violence of war all around them, who might be pointing us, me, <laughs> me, <laughs> us, us, towards paths of peace, truth-telling, and peace. So there were lots of them, <laughs> many of them. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about one who led me to a few others. The one I'm going to tell you about is Sue Park Her. And some of you know Sue. She's one of our denominational ministers in Mennonite Church USA. Uh, she lives in California. I have come to know Sue over many years of going to these sorts of meetings with one another. She often comes up to Pacific Northwest Mennonite Conference as well. Uh, and so it's been a gift to learn to know Sue Park Her. And she was leading a seminar called The Forgotten War. And in fact, Naomi was at that seminar with me. We sat next to one another as we bore witness to Sue Park Her crying woe. Sue Park Her is a Korean American woman and a leader in our church. Like I said, a denominational minister in Mennonite Church USA. She led this session on the Forgotten War, and I mostly went because it was Sue, and I, I like Sue, and I appreciate and respect her voice, and I long for more of her voice in my life. And so when I see she has written a thing or she's speaking at a thing, I, I go sit at the feet of Sue, and I listen to what she is teaching me and us, the Mennonite Church, about peace. I also went, um, and they actually gave room in the seminar to go around and say why we were there. I also went to fill in a gap of knowledge. I, I, don't, I, I don't know anything about the Korean War. I wasn't alive. And I just don't know much about it. <clears throat> well, I'm going to share just a little bit of that with you. Turns out this is a significant month. July 2023. Because on the 27th of July, <clears throat> we will reach the 70-year anniversary of Armistice. Armistice, as you may know, or will be reminded of, or learn soon, is a pause in war. It is not an end to war. 70 years on the 27th the korean peninsula has been at war now the active war years were three 1950 to 1953 and more than 30,000 foot soldiers fell five million five million in three years i learned that um in north korea it was one in Three humans died. And then in the next sentence, or in the second part of that sentence, uh, oh, only less than one in 10 from South Korea. And so I imagined looking around this room and thinking, only one in 10. I didn't know this. Did you all know the Korean War is still happening? Yeah. Good. See, I can look back and know Elaine is going to be nodding her head. Thank you, Elaine. The P another woman peacemaker amongst us. 
I didn't know this. It is ongoing. And the U.S. is, is, is continuing that war and we continue to have occupation. Now, it is complicated. And I, you know, some of you know much more about Korea than I, I'm not going to do a whole history lesson on the Korean War. I'm going to think I've told you about what I'm going to tell you about the war. Um, there's, it's complicated. Absolutely. But I went to hear Sue. And what Sue said, she said, I implore you to exercise your power to help a friend end this war because it matters to me. I am your friend and I implore you to help me end this war in my homeland and for my family because it matters to me. Now it's always important to church, in church to acknowledge that we have siblings all over the world and there are untold numbers of things that, and places that we can care about. But I'm here to tell you about Sue because Sue is my friend and she implored me to pay attention. Let's start the slides, Adam, because Sue helped point me to Eugene Kim. Jin Kim, who is communications associate for um, Mennonite Central Committee East Coast. And Eugene Kim just very, very recently, last month, June 20th, just a few weeks ago, uh, wrote a piece called Belonging in Peace, A Young Adult Reflects on Her Family and the Korean D Divide. And she speaks very honestly about how it's been 70 years of this prolonged war between two Koreas and more than 70 years since her grandparents fled their home. And when I think about that Hebrew woman squatting, giving birth, calling that child woe and then dying, I think, oh, here is Eugene Kim, right? Here are, here are the, the, the ancestors of the ones who stood amongst the carnage and told the truth and cried, woe. Many Koreans fled across the arbitrarily laid line on a map, um, not because necessarily they were fleeing communism or fleeing toward religious freedom or anything like that, but because they were fleeing bombs, US bombs. People fled to survive. They were refugees for a long time on another side of a line on a map, anticipating they'd go back in, I don't know, days, weeks, months at the most, surely. Here we are 70 years later with families divided. We go to the next one, Adam. This is a Peace created by Eugene Kim. She created this artwork to illustrate the prolonged division. The Korean Peninsula in the illustration is not only divided into north and south. You can see the, what is it, the 38th? Is that what they call it, the 38th barrel? See, I'm, I'm a novice. Uh, Amy probably knows. 38th, yeah, 38th parallel. Yeah, which is the dividing line between north and south but also shattered. So not just the 38th parallel there, but you can just see the fracturing, those 
those black strips where the where the where the flowers are fractured depicting the tension the disconnect and the uncertainty she shares that go hyung means both hometown and also origin it could be one's place of birth or it's a place where one's parents and ancestors resided go hyung has a strong tie with one's identity and sense of belonging but it can also be distorted. Her grandparents came to the US as 10 and 11 year olds, started a new life with a new identity. And the Korean War embedded this strong anti-communist sentiment in South Korean society. And so people who had fled their homelands and then were just there for a long time, you know, at first just to belong, you sort of like trash talk the communists, right? Because you just sort of have to find a place of belonging. And then generations continue and that gets entrenched and the political machinations continue to cycle. Like I said, it's very complicated. But people have had to deny their homes and their hometowns and their go hyung, their sense of rootedness and ancestry. The next image This one also created by Eugene Kim. And this one, she says, complements the former with the broken Korean Peninsula. And in this case, the shape of the Korean Peninsula is filled with fish and waves, and the divided land is now a body of water. Water is a symbol of freedom and solidarity because there are no borders in water. The fish represent people who are moving freely without any restraint. You see the fish? Moving freely without any restraint, hesitation, or fear. And this also incorporates the style, she says, of minhwa, which is a traditional Korean folk art. It was a tool for people free from rank or title to express their honest desire and good wishes for others. Overall, it expresses, Seijin, or, uh, sorry, Yujin says, her honest hope and longing for peace in the Korean Peninsula. I'll return to Sue now. And in fact, you can, you can go ahead and, well, no, let's keep it there for just a second, Adam. Sue said, I implore you to exercise your power to help a friend me end this war because it matters to me they shared with us a bill that's uh, uh, in our house of representatives bill 1369 um, i looked it up and our representative as you might guess pramila jayapal is already signed on <laughs> she was in the group of original signers earlier this year in march we are uh, fortunate to be represented by someone who's already signed on. So I don't have that action item to bring to you unless you would also just like to reach out and say, this is, imp this is important to a friend of mine. Um, representatives are always glad to hear that. She's a supporter and having people reach out and say, you know what, let's make peace in Korea. This is the year to do it. This is the year to at least get ourselves out of that mess and, and the harm that is being perpetuated through this ongoing war. Uh, also Mennonite Central Committee, which is complicated, 
I mean, there were people there this, this week who are still strongly advocating for greater justice and equity, particularly for our queer kindred in hiring practices. So it is not all positive. And yet Mennonite Central Committee is, is supporting these on the ground peace building efforts. And I heard from, as I've gone down this rabbit trail just a little bit, many of our Korean and Korean American siblings in the Mennonite church are, are really advocating for the support of MCC in South Korea specifically because of those on the ground peace building efforts that are so important given how tricky the political situation is given, let's just say it, nuclear weaponry. So that makes it real complicated to do the peace building up here. And so those on the ground peace building efforts are even more important. That would be another way to help our friend Sue. One of the things they had us do in that webinar as I prepare and come closer to closing here is they had us when we walked in write three words that came to our mind when we thought of North Korea. <laughs> so I'm just gonna, you know, full disclosure, Kim Jong-un, dictator, was my first one. Second, military fatigues, because I just see the images of him and others in there. And then my last, grim and oppressive. And then at the end of just one hour, just one hour, they had us write three more words, and I wrote, socialist we heard a story of the one of the men presenting said oh you walked into his roommates or his, his his room his dorm room at college and asked his roommate oh is that the good korea or the bad korea and his roommate was like well it's the socialist korea taking the bad and good out of it so i wrote socialist i wrote sunsets and soccer i wrote full color because sue's child her son got to make a pilgrimage home to Korea, to his ancestral home of Korea. And he said, Mom, I saw everything in full color. Huh. It's not all black and white and gray and grim and oppressive, full color. And then I wrote, finally, home. And Sue said, what changed? What changed for you in one hour? And it was just so clear to me, it was stories. It was bearing witness to someone sharing their story of longing longing for home and longing for reconciliation and longing for a just peace in their homeland. Let's go to the next so that we can see Sue in full color. <laughs> uh, I took this from, from sitting in the delegate hall. This is actually a photo of the screen, the large screen. Sue is there on the left. That's Sue Parker, for those of you who don't know Sue. And she is gathered along with Lorraine Amstutz in the green shirt, the white woman to her right and the green shirt, and then the black woman on the right and the gorgeous yellow, oh, Michelle wore the best clothing all week, Michelle Armster. And so it's those three who are surrounding the woman at the podium who is Pastor Susan Hart in the Cheyenne Mennonite community from Oklahoma. They were there surrounding her, Sue, Lorraine, and Michelle, as sisters gathering around another woman standing in the midst of carnage and speaking woe and telling the truth. 
Project Sacred is what they're working on, and I may share more about that in the in the times to come. Um, but telling the truth about Mennonite boarding school, a Mennonite-run boarding school, where Susan's forebears and the other grandmothers that she brought with her, she called them all the grandmothers, and a young children's choir, which was amazing, the grandmothers that she brought with her, survivors, survivors of the Mennonite-run boarding school. And she is working with these sisters, are standing in solidarity with her as they work to try to identify um, where, where, frankly, human remains have been buried, starting with the, the roles in those, um, in those schools. So we have lists of names of the Mennonite volunteers, administrators, teachers in those schools, and we do not have names of the students, the indigenous ones who were subjected to so much harm and abuse in that time. So they are on a path of truth telling, seeking out the truth and telling the truth, a sacred path. So I just wanted to lift up Sue here as sister and friend of mine who is being sister and friend to so many as we, as we seek to cry woe in the midst of carnage, to tell the truth about it, and to claim that what Jesus gives his disciples is the gift of peace, but he doesn't give it just to individuals. He gives it to them as a community. Somehow there is in the giving of the disciples to one another, that is an essential element on the path toward peace. So may we continue to be given to one another in this room as we seek to pursue Jesus's paths of peace in our community and in our world. And may we continue to give ourselves to our larger Mennonite community. We may be called in all kinds of ways to stand in solidarity as we are given to one another to speak the truth as, again, an essential element on that path toward the way of Jesus's peace. I find great hope in that, in being given to one another, in belonging to one another, in telling the truth. Let's keep doing it, church. It is quite an honor to be church with y'all, with these women, and with so many others. Amen.